regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular, regular, regular features. A regular features of Sean. Hello and welcome to Regular Features, the podcast that always begins with a little, little belch from Steve. Hey, thank <laughs> I don't you. know how little that belch was. <laughs> it's far away from the mic, but it sounded fucking disastrous from over here. It was wet and I liked it. I tried to point it out the ceiling. <laughs> That's like a considerate smoker who just goes yeah. and blows it above the heads of all his friends. Away from the pram. <laughs> can, you, can you belch out smoke? Yes, you yeah, can, if it's in you, you can, you can belch fart out. out smoke. You can, yeah, you can fart out smoke. Yeah, there was that French comedian who did it. Famous, really. You could fart on command, and could like fart smoke rings. Oh, I've got the book of him. <laughs> I think he might. <laughs> that's, that's the worst possible medium to enjoy the farting yeah. Frenchman. Uh, oh, oh yeah, the novelisation. Yeah. The novelisation just writes in it. I've done a fart, <laughs> and there was a smoky bit. <laughs> At this point, I farted, <laughs> and you wouldn't believe what it looked like. Of course, the, it had to get punched up by the translator. <laughs> Oh, this is the podcast. It is exactly the same every week. And as we do every week, we begin with introductions as to who we are. My name mm. is Steve Hogarty. My name's Joe Scrabbles. And my name is Log. Do we have features? Log, what is your feature for us? I got a bit of a wasp for you, baby. Gonna be waspy. Joe. Hello, I'm back with the critically acclaimed uh, game mode that I created last year. A brand new ideas, game mechanics, just bringing bringing a lot of new new ideas to the table. I'm going to drag you into a bush because I've got someone very special who lives there. <laughs> <laughs> she likes to sing songs. What about More. Wuthering Heights? <gasps> All the clues I'm going to give you. Nice. But I met her recently in a bush <laughs> near my house. <laughs> She wanted me to bring some friends around <laughs> next time I was swinging by, so I thought I would do that. <laughs> okay, well, I can't wait for all of those, mm -hmm. especially mine. <laughs> <laughs> I was made for regular features, you were made for... I trust both of you saw the minute-by-minute -minute review of episode 311 of Regular Features. Yes, yes. It was titled Eat My Personal Squash. It was a good, if lacerating, yeah. review. <laughs> it, was quite, it took umbrage with a lot of things I've never known I need to be upset about before. No, no, no. I, I, I felt seen. Very, very seen. <laughs> felt too seen. I scrolled through it as one would scroll through the letters of the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But the interesting thing about that is it reminded me of my squash feature, what I'd done last year. Uh, and then... Mere days afterwards, someone, and I can't remember their name and I apologise, tweeted me to say, a new FIFA's out, could we have an update on Clive Nationality, who okay, is so the lead your... character of Squash the Journey. Okay, so that's it, that was your Squash feature, because I was just worried that maybe the readers didn't know what your getting, Squash feature I was. was. Fine. I think it's invested, based on the testimony of two readers, I think it's my most well-known feature. <laughs> 
wherein I created a squash-based version of FIFA's The Journey Story Mode, a mode that should not exist and concentrates on all the wrong things about the game. Uh, and I thought, you know what? I will check in with Clive Nationality, and I've got the results here. So we'll begin this year's installment of Squash The Journey. It was also you two playing last time, so I hope you remember all your choices. Oh, God, does it use the game save from the previous year? Of course it does. Jesus. That's what the Journey yeah. games do. Oh, no. <laughs> we open on a shot of a diminutive 83-year-old standing at the gates of Hades. Fire by Kasabian begins playing, which isn't just a callback to the intro of last year's game, but is actually even more thematically appropriate this time, which indicates incredible forward planning by me. <laughs> the man is wearing a Dunlop polo shirt, which, as you'll remember, was a choice of clothing you made last year, immediately indicating a successful save game transfer. A Fincher-esque shot sees the camera plunge to floor level, fly up the old man's shorts, do a sort of duke around his balls, up past the waistband, twirling around his naked back. The camera comes to rest on the name tag stitched into the polo shirt's neckline. The name tag reads, Clive Nationality, Squash Genius. Is it a backless shirt, or is his naked back... Is it naked once you're inside it's the shirt? It's naked once you're inside the shirt. Oh, okay. If we're I all, was up your shirt, your back's naked to me. <laughs> Clive looks impassively at the gates, and then casts his eyes down to the, to the little podium in front of it, the kind of one valets have at posh hotels. As a player, you can't help but notice that somehow his eyes look frighteningly wrong, like they're somehow too open, like you can sort of see round the sides of them just a little bit. This is because of improvements to EA's proprietary Frostbite engine. While trying and failing to make ca human characters' teeth look less mental this year, something's gone spectacularly wrong at the other end of the head, and it looks like everyone's giving each other the crazy eyes all the time. Suddenly, Beelzebub pops up from behind the podium. He smiles at Clive, and it looks fine, because his mouth is meant to look mental. Oh, hello, Clive. I'm Beelzebub. Welcome to Hades. I'll be your demon today. Now, let me check my records. Ah, uh, yes, you were poisoned by your longtime nemesis, Simon Simonman, and actually ended up just dying of shock when the ghost of your father re re revealed that you had won all the squash accolades there are to win while using a badminton racket, thus rendering your achievements worthless. Very good. Let's get you all signed in, then. Cork it, bub, says Clive, in a voice that's... Shockingly similar to Beelzebub's. <laughs> I like getting read to by a person who does voices. <laughs> the only reason I deign to be here right now is because I've got unfinished business. First, I need to find my dad and beat him up at squash with the badminton racket he tricked me with. Then I need to need. <laughs> then I need to work out a way to drag Simon Simonman to Hades and convince Satan himself to take him in my place. Then I need to fly up to heaven and give my dear old mum a kiss in the clouds. You got that? Sounds like you have quite a journey ahead of you, says Beelzebub, <laughs> and a cool title treatment appears next to his head while Skilo's I Wish begins to play. It reads, squash, colon, the journey, dash, two, semicolon, dual nationality, which will be a pun later. Nice. Is that dual or jewel? Exactly. Ah, there we go. I mean, you'd know if you were reading it in the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to tell you. Can I ask what is so wild about the eyes? Is it just, is there no lid they're technology? They're just too, they're too big. They're too wide. They'll like look, sometimes they'll look right down the camera and it's like they see you behind the TV. It's oh, mad. Just, if they, they just, somehow look too soft. 
Yes. Like, like if you put your finger on one, it would come out and a bit of the eye would still be on your uh, finger. It would be like tapioca. Yeah. Or like custard. It's a non-Newtonian fluid. You could mm. walk across it. Anyway, chapter one. Clive has made it to the eighth circle of hell, which, as we all know, is the one Dante said was for people who committed fraud. This is where Clive will find his father, because saying a badminton racket is a squash racket to a child is basically fraud, isn't it? Clive walks into the Meliburge, which as we all know translates to evil pockets, and is the area where all of Hill's fraudsters are subdivided into categories and stored in burgias or ditches. He quickly locates the ditch for squash fraud, because it is easily the biggest of all the ditches in the whole goddamn place. At the far end of the ditch, Wreathed in flame upon an obsidian throne sits Clive's father. The camera zooms in, and it's quickly clear he's getting a gob job from a bad pope. <laughs> Unfortunately, because of Frostbite's bad eyes and teeth, the face he's making while getting papal fellatio is like Willem Dafoe's face all the time, so it looks like the pope is bad at it. <laughs> well, oh wait. <laughs> I've got to remember what this voice was. Well, well, well says Clive's father, who has inexplicably still got the same voice actor as last year. <laughs> if it isn't my son, Clive Nationality, the badminton player. <laughs> Cruel. Everyone in the Bulgia laughs uproariously, even the bad Pope chuckling through a mouthful of Clive's dad. <laughs> father, in life you may have tricked me into playing accidental badminton, but in death... I will kick your ass at a game of some squash. What are the stakes? If I win, you will give me a real, actual, legit squash racket. And if I lose, you can give me whatever kind of racket you like. <laughs> your terms are acceptable. Let's do a squash fight right now. Player interaction. Oh, lovely. Now, Hello. it came to the developer's attention that last year's edition of Squash the Journey did not actually include any playing of squash. Which we have remedied this year you will now play a game of squash let me let me remind you of the rules of squash i will play some sounds through my phone if you hear the word squash you have to say squash back as fast as possible continuing the rally <laughs> if you hear any other noise you must say nothing if you take too long to say squash to a squash you lose if you say squash to a non-squash you lose if the squash wait if you squash correctly for a set number of squashes to be decided by me you win squash let's play squash mm -hmm. so squash on squash no squash, squash if you don't hear squash i've still got can i just get this out of my head so i'm not thinking it constantly i i've been thinking to the tune of i want i like to live in america infallible paper for lacio infallible paper for lacio infallible paper for lacio now i've got it amazon thank you now we can now, play squash. now let's squash. play some goddamn let's, squash let's squash that dick in our mouths I do want now. I'll start slow. I want to hear some quick squashes back from you guys. Okay. And then we'll play a proper rally. Squash! 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 Oh, okay. <laughs> we were squashing. The rally's starting slow. Squash! 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 Yeah. Badminton! Snarky. Badminton. Squash. Squash. Father. Squash. Squash. Badminton. Squash. Squash. 
You said squash in a squadminton. Bastard, it was a squadminton. Clive Nationality's dad is a fucking dickhead. (laughs) And this, there are actual consequences for this, because I wrote them. You've lost. Oh, no. Clive's father cackles insanely from across the Bulgiers makeshift squash square and three popes throw themselves at his feet in supplicants. He snatches Clive's badminton racket from him and hands it back a square wooden racket. It's the racket used in pickleball. Pickleball, the uncoolest racket sport. Fuck! You get minus one squash. As Clive leaves the Bulgiers, now intent on claiming the soul of his nemesis, Clive's father adds a sting in the tail. Clive. Wait. Clive! He yells <laughs> as Pablo Picasso emerges and starts applying lipstick to the cruel father's face. You never did ask my name. Clive, Clive was struck by the fact that he has only ever known his father as father, or the one with the sperm back then. My, na- my name, said the one with the sperm back then, is Simonman. Biggles Wade Simonman. Uh. Chapter 2. <laughs> Clive has reached the teleporter to Earth, having vanquished the amassed forces of Satan himself, and finally come to terms with the fact that his longtime nemesis, Simon Simonman, was in fact his half brother, born of the same loins as his own father, the man he had come to know as Biggles Wade Simonman, but who had taken his wife's surname, Nationality, to conceal his true identity from both of his sons for reasons I can't be bothered to think of. It was time to get his brother and offer him to hell. Clive says, Simon Simonman, please, and steps into the teleporter, which teleports him to the location of Simon Simonman, the man of the name of the man he said before teleporting. (laughs) As the teleport fog clears, Clive sees an old man in a hospital gurney. He's watching TV. But because of the whole eye thing we've talked about, it's like he's really watching TV. (laughs) Or maybe just pretending to watch TV really badly past the wrinkles, the lips, and the teeth that look like the gaps between them have just been painted onto a white gum guard, it is clearly an aged Simon Simonman, Clive's longtime nemesis. Clive me, says Simon Simonman, Clive's longtime nemesis. Simon, screams Clive, I'm going to squash you to hell! (laughs) Clive me, I don't know what's going on. Am I dead? They said I just had a blocked up gut. Get your fucking racket, my longtime nemesis. Okay, Clive, mate, I will. Here we go. Time to play squash from my bed in this hospital. (laughs) Player interaction. Let's play squash again. (laughs) But because Simon Simon was once joint top-ranked squash player as Clive, which has never happened before or since, this will be harder squash. Squash! Squash! Squash. That's quite slow. Squash! 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 Sandpaper. (laughs) Squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-squash-
You win. You <laughs> were fucking loving that. The look of joy on your face. I can't, I can't believe this worked. <laughs> your final squash sends the little squash ball, squash orb, squish, into Simon Simonman's temple, and he dies instantly. From Hades, you hear the satisfied grunt of Satan himself. Clive is free to ascend to heaven and see his mum. You get plus one squash, which leaves you at a total of zero squash. Neutral squash. Uh, it's the most powerful position to be in. Mm. It's not. Chapter three. <laughs> you could have had six squash by now. <laughs> Chapter three. Oh my God. Clive's mum is encased in a giant ruby and she's insisting that Clive smash all the ruby off using sheer squash. This means that the title, dual nationality, is actually a triple meaning because there are two people called nationality involved, so dual with an A, and they're having a squash fight, otherwise known as a duel with an E, and she is inside a jewel like a precious stone. It's genuinely cleverer than anything in the FIFA games. That's good. And also... Smash all the ruby off sounds like uh, a new squash nemesis. <laughs> <laughs> a really a beast from Russia. <laughs> Smash all the ruby off. <laughs> Clive thinks back to his previous achievements. To the fact that he picked this Dunlop polo shirt when he was a child. To the fact that he turned down the coaching of Jonah, Mr. Squash Barrington, so that he could keep it real, which was another choice he made. When he played squash against the Israel-Gaza barrier. When he played squash in a submarine. So many squish. <laughs> it's time to free mum from the ruby. And now it's calculation time. There are four different endings based on how you've done so far. Oh, You've ended with zero squash. Mm-hmm. So you get no ending. But you also have <clears throat> the pickleball racket. There yep. is an inventory modifier. <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah. Clive summons up all his remaining squash power. Just as he strikes the ball, he remembers losing to his longtime nemesis, Simon Simonman, and it makes him nervous. And that's compounded by his flimsy pickleball racket. He misses the ruby entirely. His mum frowns and then drowns in ruby juice. <laughs> Jesus, watching from the wings, says, Oh my God. And then covers his mouth in shame, hoping Dad won't hear. <laughs> and then he high fives Kofi Annan. The end. <laughs> Another sad year for Clive. And squash Whoa. the journey. What will happen next year now that he's got no mum and a dad still being filleted by popes and getting lipstick from Picasso? It's all to play for. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Squash the Journey 2 Dual Nationality. I've never been more invest- invested in a franchise. <laughs> I th- genuinely think uh, that that title should get me a job at EA. I'd but that's be, just me. I'd be safe scumming the hell out of this. You could. Because <laughs> the moment I got that pickle racket, I'd be all like... I need get, a real get, actual legit squash racket. Yeah, rewind me 20 minutes. I don't care if I've got to fight that squash boss again. (laughs) I mean, can we... Squash! Squash! Ah, you lost. See, you're rubbish at this game. (laughs) So, um, can we get the best ending if we've got the squash racket and plus two squash? Well, do you know what's interesting? You didn't write that because it was impossible. I wrote all of them. Plus two squash actually is a sad ending. You're too powerful. Oh, no. What you want is zero squash with the real squash racket. That's okay, the only so true you ending. To win the first game and lose the f- second game. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not being cruel to Simonman as, a, as an act of. Con- oh, I didn't even think that far ahead. I just wanted to make it annoying if you did really well. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to upset <laughs> you both. They are quite good, though, the whole endings thing. Anyway. They are quite good. Some people so, can yeah, have them but you'll later. Never, you'll Why don't you put the them? endings up on Patreon? There you go. The, the three missing endings. The one thing I want to do is actually make these into proper twine games. And I know I keep, how to do I that mean, on a twine. We should do that. Yeah. 
inventory modifiers and everything. It'll be great. We'll do that. So you can type in inventory in inventory and it says you've got a racket on it. You could do that if you want. That's all it's going to say. Great. It's, it's gone from my very simple benefit to patrons who mm -hmm. want to support us to a big project that you're never going I'd, to do. I'd really yes, like it so that no the, one checks this after the, after the episode because I won't have done it. A big project that's available to everyone and is therefore not an incentive to give us Shit. any money. <laughs> <laughs> what if there's just a download link on there? I could just put up... Where? I could just put up the... Th there's the game element as well where people have to play squat. It's impossible. Scrap it! <laughs> And now it's time for Steve's regular feature, Steve's It's Kate Bush. Steve's It's Kate Bush. You may have heard It's Kate Bushes from others. I, 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 need think... to, I need to do a voice now. Okay. okay. Do you want us to talk over it while it happens? Uh, let, me, let me get this. <gasps> no, hi. Uh, that'll do, right? That's my favourite voice. Yeah, do. yeah. Okay. It's like Lloyd Grossman. Uh, <clears throat> so imagine you just crawled into a bush. Oh, Hi. Jesus. <laughs> Give us some time. How You're in the bush. You? Okay. Hi, my name's Kate Bush, and welcome to my bush, where I live with some of my very nearest and dearest pals <laughs> you may know me from some of my songs such as my weathered hoop brackets come inside and walking up a big hill till we get to the top as well as some of the films that i've starred in such as prince of persia the sands of time <laughs> in which i played a sand dune <laughs> anyway make yourselves at home pull up a pew you can take one item from my snack bar as long as it's not a twirl because those are my favorites. That's why there's so many of them at the snack bar. That's why it's all twirls at the snack bar. Because I love them. And my name's Kate freaking Bush. Would you like to hear a couple of new songs I've been working on? Here's the first one. It's called That Time I Saw Kate Bush on a Bus. I was riding on the bus, oh what a lovely bus, and who do I see on the bus's CCTV? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lady who looks just like me, oh lady on the CCTV, where is it that you have to be when I wave my hands up in the air, you also wave your hands up in the air. <laughs> We have very similar hair and dress and shoes and faces twos. <laughs> and when I turn to see you there, an empty seat, a vacant chair. But when I look back at the screen from where I'm sitting, it would seem Kate Bush is there just staring out. It's quite a lot to think about. I raise my hand and you raise yours. As if to say, come here. When I rise to my feet, you do too, my sweet. Our eyes begin to gleam. I wave at you for one last time and step towards the screen. But when I do, you slip from view. Kate Bush is gone. And I feel blue 
<laughs> I look around the bus once more. Kate Bush is gone, and I feel sore. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> now, I now earlier, I, obviously this is Kate I'm talking to, but my, my friend Steve earlier oh couldn't, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't do a Dr. Zeus poem, but somehow you've pulled up all the stops to write the longest Dr. Zeus poem I've ever heard. There was a point halfway through that when I actually felt all the lights in the room go dim and it was just you against mm. the black background. In a wedding dress. Kate <laughs> Bush would do. I haven't thought of any other things to say. <laughs> so please get out of my bush. Okay. Don't touch the twirls on the way out. I was pretty happy with that. Oh, Man, were you still rhyming? He, he rhymed. You he made a rhyming end for you. I rhymed yeah. back at you. And, well, I, I, was and my while you distracted, I grabbed a palm full of twirls. <laughs> I did dismiss you in iambic pentameter, which was my fault. I admit that. I like a regular feature. You like a regular feature too. Regular regular feature too. Malfunction. Malfunction. Now then, if you are anything like me, and I've come to suspect over the last eight years that you are, <laughs> you love wasps. Yes. From the tip of their bum prong to their always waggling thoraxes, wasps have got it all, especially where it matters. Wasps were the first animals on the planet, and they immediately built a massive nest in the roof of a tree and started stinging everything as it evolved skin. Their first animals to get stung was a kindly church mouse, and the sting turned him into a mean rat who never went to church at all. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent animal to get stung is... Ow! Me! <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a contemporaneous history. <laughs> it's fully up to date. Real hagiography you've come up with here. <laughs> Key to him Do you know what hagiography is? Yes, when you go from start to end of someone's life, innit? But no, it's a gushingly praiseful... Ah, oh, I thought it was start to end. ...of someone's life. <laughs> no. Wasps. <laughs> I've got stung. You got stung by my knowledge of the word hagiography. <laughs> Do you want to know a musical wasp fact? Yeah. Well, it's a well-known fact that the only member of ZZ Top who was actually a top was their drummer, Roddy Bottom. <laughs> but did you know that the only member of a band of wasp who was in fact a wasp was called Human Man? <laughs> he was kept in a box and stuffed into the big bass drum. One time, he escaped through the keyhole and stung everyone in the audience, so the band had to fill the keyhole with toothpaste. <laughs> Is God a wasp, I hear you ask? Scientists have no way of knowing whether God is a wasp. Or do they? Consider this. Pink sang that God is a DJ. But what does DJ stand for? That's easy. Disc jockey. But what are discs? Any doctor could tell you that. It's a bit inside your back. But wasps don't have backs. They are invertebrates. But as discs are famous for slipping, so wasps can never slip. Maybe like God? <laughs> wasps belong to the taxonomic suborder Apocrita. 
Do you want to know what else was apocryphal? The Book of Judith, one of the 14 books that have been excluded from many versions of the Bible. Judith is my mother's name, but that's not relevant. Let's look more closely at the number 14, which is the age at which you can legally consent to get stung by a wasp in the eyes of the law. Coincidence? Not when you consider that God is a wasp and hid these coats in nature for us to discover. In conclusion, yes, God is a wasp if you have faith. Unlike Faithless, who also sang God is a DJ. Maybe Faithless <laughs> was singing about the devil, in which case he should have been more careful with his language. The devil is a bee. <laughs> yeah, I've never seen schizophrenia develop in real time before my eyes. It's a real hagiography of schizophrenia. <laughs> Tell me about it. Schizophrenia, a, schizophrenia is great. It produces solid wasp whimsy. There's at least two bits of that where Steve just looked at me with raised eyebrows. Like, do we need to stop? <laughs> well, okay then. Would you like another musical wasp fact? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? The lead singer of the police is called Sting because he once called the police on a wasp who had stang his dick. <laughs> Some people believe that Sting is a bee because he does tantric sex and is too scared to spunk in case it stings his missive. In case it stings his missus. His missive. Like God. <laughs> Epistles. He's too scared to spunk in case it, one, stings his missus, and two, kills him like a bee. Are wasps magic? Everyone... Wait, sorry, <laughs> can we just finish the sting point? Didn't you say that that's why people think he's a bee, but he's actually a wasp? No, the God is a wasp, devil is a bee. People, What's... What sting? A bee. Oh, he was called sting because he called the police on a wasp. But some people think he's a bee. After he had stang at his dick. Right. And that does tie into the whole bee-wasp enmity because yeah, 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 he yeah. is a bee because he's scared of spunking. I just want to make sure I'm getting all the facts right. I think the fewer questions we ask... The better? I no, want... I've got it all. I've got I've got the f- backstories. If you want to fucking grill me, like a bee. <laughs> okay. Wait. So I will ask, why would I will why, call why you do we have that. to grill a bee? <laughs> the stripes. Bees don't grill, do they? No, they get grilled. They get stripes on them <laughs> from. <laughs> Everything gets grilled eventually. <laughs> to be fair, he had a very good answer immediately because it looks like they have grill marks on them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that is. Fair play, Log. You've yeah, absolutely no, done us there. There are sheets of backstory that I am not going to read out here. You're getting the basics, <laughs> but just know that you cannot wrong foot me on this one. Like a bee. Like, yes, but then it's much harder to wrong foot them because you never know which one of the six is the wrong foot. <laughs> they can always point to the rest and go, "Well, maybe they're wrong." Okay. Yeah. It's a roll of the dice. It's plausible deniability. In bee feet. Sorry, are wasps magic though? That's what I want to know. Everyone knows that wasps can mind control trickets. Trickets. <laughs> they call it a trick when they mind control a trick. I know it's I know it started as a joke, but I think he might be ill. <laughs> Having a stroke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no one else in the room, it's just logged by himself. <laughs> I'm gonna start that one again. Everyone knows that wasps can mind control crickets and ride them around your tabletop like a green horse. <laughs> but did you know wasps can crawl into your mouth and use the acoustics of the human head to talk out of that mouth? So if you wake up and your partner is angry at you for saying things like, I wish I had stang that bear. <laughs> and the only thing I really love is stinging things. 
<laughs> then check your tongue for night stings. <laughs> I want to test your knowledge of wasps. Oh, my God. Pick up your scripts, lads. Okay? Mm-hmm. Time to test your knowledge of wasps. Or no, well, test my knowledge of wasps, given what the content of the script is. <laughs> okay, what is the weirdest thing that a wasp has stang? Well, I once saw a wasp stinging a knob of butter and then fly off laughing. The motives of that wasp remain a mystery to this day. What's a wasp sting made out of? Evil honey. If a wasp flies into a can of Coke... Is it safe to drink it? First, you must hold the can to your ear. If the wasp is shouting, it is angry and may well sting your lips. If it is not producing a coherent stream of repetitive filth, it is probably dissolved like a tooth. And your Coke will taste of the last animal that the wasp stang. <laughs> Why do wasps like picnics so much? They don't! They just hate bears. Bears love honey, which to the binary mind of a wasp makes them bee lovers and enemies of the wasp. So they will hang around picnics and sting all the sandwiches just to spoil this picnic-stealing bear's slap-up feast. How many wasps are there in this very room? I shall tell you now. There are three. They are in a box in my bag, and they're eager to sting you. Do you want to listen to them? Yeah. Yeah, go on then. Put, let's put our ears to the box and listen to the wasps. Man, my sting sack is bulging. If I don't sting a motherfucker soon, I'm gonna blow a massive load out of my sting hole. I can feel the sting building up at my asshole and clogging up my guts. If it leaks into my stomach and I start digesting sting juice, fuck knows what'll happen. It's like when you drink piss. It just makes your next piss into a brown double piss. But with stings. I've got a butt with stings. <laughs> nice one, Wasp Steve. Thanks, Wasp Joe. Oh, you should have had a nice sting before you came out. That's what I did. Well, one, you're a smug dickhead and I'd sting you if the Prime Wasp Directive didn't forbid it. But also, tell us what you stang. Oh, yeah. Tell us what you stang. I stang a ladybird in one of her spots. Jesus, Wasplog, that is the shittest thing I've ever heard of. I was a research assistant on Britain's shittest stings. I worked in the CCTV room at the Bad Sting Motel, and if I'd seen you stinging a ladybird, I would have sent the tape to Britain's shittest stings and got £250. Ooh, well, I liked it. I'm going to sting a caterpillar cocoon and see what kind of fucked up butterfly comes out. I'm going to hide in the ear of a child's stuffed toy, so when the kid picks up the toy, I'll sting him and he'll think his toy bit him. What, he'll think his toy bit him with its ear? Isn't there a big frilly blouse you need to sting, mate? Oh, fuck. I was just looking into my stinger and it looked so amazing, I just saw sting into my large compound eyes. Mm, maybe if you'd stang a ladybird before we got into the box, this wouldn't have happened. I'll try and get it off with my wings. You're just wafting it and you're making it into big, dry and thick, poisonous crust. Oh, no. Now, look, I do not have the nectar-sucking mouth parts of the bee, but like all wasps, I do have very powerful jaws and a short tongue. I shall crack the crust with my jaws and tongue the poison from off of your compound eyes. Thanks, wasp log. I was wrong to laugh at you for stinging a ladybird. No, you weren't! It was a shit sting! Oh, oh dear. The poison I have ate off your eyes is turning into a big double poison in my poison chamber. Like when I said earlier about humans doing a big brown piss. Oh. 
My stinger is glowing with power. Oh, man. What are you going to sting? This is going to be amazing. Yeah, wasp luck. Don't waste the first ever mega sting. This is a crucial moment in wasp history. Okay, I'm going to go for it, lads. Oh, I'm going out the keyhole of the box. Godspeed, you brave pioneer. He's going to fuck it up, you know. Of course he is. He's an absolute prick. Here he comes. That was quick. What did you sting, Lark? Oh, there was a bit of moss, and I stang it out my stinger. Now I want to go to sleep. That was a fascinating insight into the minds of wasps. But one last question, Log. Is there anything else that we need to know about wasps? No. <laughs> Well, that's it for this week's... I don't have to do this bit. Someone else can do it. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week's regular features. I'm copying Steve's usual nomenclature as we Do you know what up. nomenclature means? Don't do this to me. I'm usually <laughs> quite good it at It means vocab. name. The type of little gargoyle that follows you around <laughs> and tells you which words to say. It's a little guy. <laughs> he whispers into my brain and says, say this now to impress Log, and Log definitely won't have a go at you about your vocab. Jesus Christ, though, you were broadcasting to more people who might be professors of industry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a professor of making boxing gloves, and I love regular features. Uh, Steve, I understand that some people can come to us and give us money per episode for our time. That's absolutely right, Joe. They can go to patreon.com forward slash regular features, and that's how they can reverse their little butts into our bank accounts. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fart a couple of dollars our way. Yeah, and then fly away again like a wasp. Yeah. Who's or, wasp or their maybe way? Sting ten dollars right into there. Oh. That'd teach us. <laughs> Please do teach me. Uh who's wasp their way into our bank accounts? We got this two month? lovely new wasps joining us on the regular features patron. Who? Alex Fisher. Fish. He was christened with that pause in his name, and yeah. you, you honoured that. I bet there's been one fish that got stung by a wasp, and it was like, what the fuck is <laughs> up there? Like, it's so, I'm... at least down here I get it, like there's teeth and that, yeah. not a guy landing on me, <laughs> sticking a bit, bit of stick in me. I was up there for two seconds. I just so jumped first, out, I had a look. thing, couldn't breathe. That's yeah. insane. So there's, there's no air up there. <laughs> I am not evolving anytime soon. (laughs) Something landed on me and then put a bit of itself inside me. And it was the worst. (laughs) And now I'm full of evil thoughts. (laughs) Some dumb shit happening up there. Well, thanks, Alex Fisher. That's the best aside we've done. You've inspired a half-thought-out sketch about a fish, which I think went all right. (laughs) Uh, The other person is... Oh, Greg Narok. Oh, Mm. the end of all Gregs. (laughs) 
And um, I hope you're okay, Greg. <laughs> I hope you survived your own apocalypse. Thoughts and press. Well, yeah, I haven't press. heard of a Greg since. You're right. They're not. They're thin on the ground these days. They are. Since they got liquefied into puddles, they are literally thin on the ground. Thank you <laughs> for your patronage. It helps us do the things we do to you and for us. Tune in next week. <laughs> so, it's only a while to pass the end of that. So, yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of the Regular Features Podcast. I've had to, I've had, why have I taken over the outro? I don't know. Because you're just competent, Steve. Yeah, you do. I'm more of a chipper-in kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> I just make mistakes. So I think the only one you to be trust. Ad- you make adventurous mistakes with words beyond your grasp. <laughs> it's not fair. I'm under pressure. I feel more ill at ease than I ever have on this podcast. I love you, Joe. I fucking hate this. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. It's quite nice. Joe didn't say goodbye because he was upset. I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> A regular fichero.